This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Today on NASCAR America, much of last Sunday's race was remarkably calm, but a wild finish shook up the playoff picture. We will listen in on the chaos in Scandal Talladega, plus interviews with two playoff crew chiefs. Johnny Klausmeyer leads the 10 team and Eric Almirola after their Dega win. How are they preparing for the round of eight? And Brad Kozlowski facing elimination this weekend at Kansas. What is crew chief Paul Wolf's plan to keep the two team in the title hunt? Lots of questions remain unanswered. Welcome into NASCAR America, everybody. Presented by Mobile One, Carol Lamano and Parker Kligerman here with you. We have our Hall of Famer, Dale Jarrett, who's at NBC Charlotte as well. As we head for Elimination Sunday at Kansas, Eric Almirola and Chase Elliott are safe. Thanks to their wins over the last two weeks. Kevin Harvick remains best on points at plus 63 over the cut line, so he's in very good shape. And on the bubble, defending Cup Series champion Martin Trex Jr., who holds the last spot in the round of eight by 18 points over Brad Kozlowski. All is not completely lost for the bottom four in the Cup Series playoffs. They are part of our NASCAR America poll question for the day, which is which bottom four driver is going to Ooh. advance to the round of eight? It's a good question. Brad Kozlowski, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman, or you could also pick none of them at all. People are voting right now. <laughs> 22% right now yeah. saying none at all. Um, go to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR vote. We're going to bring you the results in just a little bit. Still plenty of time to vote on that. What say you, Parker, about who below the cut line has the best chance of getting above it? Well, when I look at it right now, this might sound crazy to pick a guy who's 22 points below that cut line, but it's Ryan Blaney in the 12 car, and simply because they're going to what Jeremy Bullens, his crew chief, told me is their favorite racetrack. His best racetrack, his stats are really good there. Some of his stats are some of the best he has of any track on the cup schedule and therefore I just believe this is primed and perfect for that 12 car to go up there and have a great performance maybe even winning performance and you know I can remember vividly this time last year writing off Ryan Blaney to making it to the round of eight and then he had a stellar run finished third at Kansas and proved me very much wrong so I believe this 12 car is in a great position out of those four to go up there and maybe challenge for the win and advance into the round of eight and there you see his stats three top fives the most of any track on the cup schedule for Ryan Blaney so you definitely have a lot of confidence in that 12 Car. DJ, do you agree? Uh, that's a good pick because it's always nice as a driver to go to a track that you enjoy, uh, that you like the, the challenge of that track. You've had success there. Uh, and I think the other thing is he's driving a Ford, and that's the thing to be driving right now. That probably gives him the best chance. But I think for Ryan Blaney, obviously a win puts him through uh, to the next round. But if he's going to try to make it on points and, and hope that someone may fail just a little bit, not necessarily uh, fall out of the race, but try to outpoint someone – 
then it's going to take top fives in all three stages of, the, of this 400-mile uh, race. So he's got to be on top of his game, making the most of every single stage, getting every point that he possibly can. And he's very capable of doing that, as you can see uh, with his track record there. And, DJ, you bring up a great point because that starts in qualifying. That's very important for this team. Qualifying is going to be one of the most important times of the weekend for them to be able to set themselves up for that stage one, I would think. So I think this team's going to put a lot of emphasis on being able to qualify up front. Something we talked about yesterday, Parker, on NASCAR America is how critical Kyle Larson has been of some of the things his team has done in this round. He was outspoken at Dover, and then he had some harsh criticism for his team about spending and preparing for a restricted plate track like Talladega after this past weekend. Now they're heading to Kansas, where he said he did feel optimistic. He finished fourth there in the spring. What do you think about his chances? Well, I've been a little perplexed by the 42 car as of late because when we entered the playoffs, they brought a tremendous amount of speed. They looked really good. Even the one car of Jay McMurray, his teammate, was running so well. So you felt like, okay, they found something in those Ganassi racing cars. But in the last couple weeks, it sort of faltered. You started to see some frustration bubble up there. And I think it's just sort of, you know, boiling over. They barely made it through at the Roval after being involved in an incident with Brad Keselowski down into turn one. Dover was just a, I mean, that was a, a bad race, to put it lightly. They just didn't have the speed. And then this past week at Talladega, as he said, he was disappointed in the speed, and he had every right to be. They were 1.7 seconds off of the fastest cars. I mean, that is like showing up completely unprepared in so many ways. So I, I just feel like this team, there's a little bit of frustration boiling over. I know if they get back to the pace, they show at the beginning of the playoffs, and especially on the mile and a half, and I have no doubt he can challenge for the win. And I know Kansas is a great racetrack for him because you end up next to the wall. And DJ, I want to bring you in here because I feel like that's his saving grace. Kansas allows you to run up next to the wall. Yeah, but could that work against him? Because what we've heard about testing out there, everybody was up against the wall. So that does that actually work against Kyle Larson in that he's used to going up there when only a few other cars uh, are up there to contend with as everybody else is struggling on in the middle and on the bottom, uh, then he's able to make a lot of time up there. So we'll have to see. I think that if the race stays up there uh, and he's able to move around, certainly it gives him a chance here to, to go up there and grab a victory, which I believe is his only way to to get through to the next round. I think he has to win this race. I really haven't seen that. They started out as probably the best Chevrolet for the first half of the year, but they don't seem to have, have made any progress uh, with their cars. Uh, but Kyle Larson, tremendously talented. Uh, can he get the job doing, done knowing that's what he has to do? I think it's a huge obstacle for them and going in knowing they have to win this race basically to move on. So you mentioned if everyone up, ends up next to the wall or up next to the wall, right? That's the preferred lane. Then it's hard to use that. But if you remember correctly, back in the spring, he was doing the slide job. And that's his yeah. thing. So I think it kind of opens it up a little bit for him to use some of the things he does so well. That'll be fun to watch. I'll guarantee you that if he's able to do that. He was fun to watch coming from the rear uh, after having after spinning out in, in qualifying. Uh, he was uh, just amazing to watch. And there are just so many things that he can do with a race car uh, that it will be fun to see. And you know that you're going to get maximum effort from him, even with the comments that we've heard and everything like that. When he straps in there Sunday afternoon, he's going to have one thing on his mind, and that's however he can make this 42 car go to the front and be there at the end. And I just agree with you in so many respects because I think if there's a guy right now that can make up for a deficit in speed, it is Kyle Larson. We've seen him do it over the last couple of years. There's been years where those Ganassi cars, and especially over his teammate, are just not winning contending cars, and he's up there finding a way to do it. So I think he can definitely find a way. If there is one thing that we've seen in this playoff 
era with the format that we have. If you do not win, you really are not completely safe. We've seen it from playoff drivers that we have expected to get to Homestead time and time again. Martin Truex Jr. is a driver that knows that all too well. He's one of several notable drivers that have had decent cushions entering the round of 12 cut race only to get eliminated. Look at these numbers. Look at the cushions that are here in Truex's case. An engine failure at Talladega ended his playoff run back in 2016. So I just wonder, DJ, when you look at this and you think about what Martin Truex Jr. has done, he did sweep Kansas last year. He came in second this year he hasn't won in over three months time now though yeah there's a lot going on with that race team as we pointed out but they've also just had some bad luck this is uh, that blows my mind whenever you look at, at what has happened uh, the last four years trying to get through to this round of eight. Uh, it's just amazing that you think these are the best teams that are out there, the best 12 that are left there, but someone is always having a problem and falling out of that eight. And so uh, can that happen uh, this uh, Sunday afternoon? Certainly can happen. Can Martin Truex be that one? You wouldn't think because he's done so well over the years at this racetrack, regardless of what car he was driving. Uh, this has been one of his favorite racetracks. He just knows how to get the job done there. But as we've seen, so many crazy things happening, especially in the final stage of these races. Uh, and that's all that it takes is, you know, a, a flat tire at the wrong time or the handling go away and, and put you in the wrong spot at the, the wrong time on one of these late, uh, late restarts. And you find yourself on the outside looking in once again. And I spoke to Martin after Talladega and kind of asked him that similar question about, you know, being 18 points to the good, do you feel confident going to Kansas? And he said yes because of their past performance there. They yeah. obviously, if they do everything they know how to do and what they do well, then I believe there's no doubt in my mind that they will advance. It is the off chance that something goes wrong is what's scary there. But you know how they can help that is by going out there and scoring stage points, doing what they do so well, winning stages. Because if they win those first two stages and they've really padded themselves against an issue happening in those crazy third stages, as we've seen. So I think that's really key for the 78 team. And they just know they, if they just, as I said, do everything they've done before, they're going to be perfectly fast enough to do that right there. We know how good he is there. The stats are incredible. His average finish for the last three races is 1.3 at Kansas. This team has been incredible there. And I think one thing in his favor is when I look at the weather for this weekend, it's a little colder. And I know we're talking about the top line coming in. And he's normally a guy that finds a way to really make the bottom work for him. And he does it at Kansas so well. Being in cooler temperatures could help that bottom lane stay competitive. And I think that would really fall in the hands of the 78. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that. All right, coming up, uh, best sights and sounds from Talladega in the latest edition of Scandal. And we are also going to head to Stuart Haas Racing Shop, where last week's winning crew chief already looking ahead in the playoffs. It is next here on NASCAR America. Scandal coming your way when we come back. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. That's been one of the most frustrating things for me is to watch all my teammates win races and for me to get close so many times and not win. Um, I felt like I was letting our team down and our organization down because they kept giving me fast race cars week after week after week and we weren't able to win. So today is gratifying and today I feel like I finally gave Stuart Haas Racing and all the guys on the Smithfield team what they deserve. What a difference a week makes. Two weeks ago at Dover, Eric Almirola dejected after a chance to win slipped away in the final laps on Sunday, finally in position to deliver that win for his teammates and for Stuart Haas Racing as a whole. Let's crank up the sound now with Scandal Talladega. 
Talladega Super Speedway, the biggest racetrack that NASCAR visits. Green is in the air. Exactly talking about on that other channel where they're talking about you and the moves you're making. <laughs> they're good, they're bad. What are we doing? Can we complain about the car being slow and then we go to the outside by ourselves? I'm not driving it. The 19 of Suarez almost got turned by the 10. Yeah, stay away from him. He's out of control. I can see that. Suarez about got us all. It's like a bad dream. Can't get away from it. Kyle Larson around. All right, guys, we're wrecking here. Looks like we blew the left rear. Yellow's out. Roll out of it. Blew the tire. My car's destroyed. I didn't hit, but every tire blew. Just take your time, we're gonna lose the lap anyway. Most of the accidents we've seen today is because of flat tires. Oh, we got a spin! This is ridiculous. Left rear tire, just like his teammate. The left rear tire blew off, so what happened? Yeah. You can come straight to us, I mean, get it here. Can't get it to you. Don't get out of there. Yeah, I'm not. I'm fighting with the lady, because she wants me to get out. I'm like, just give me a push. Uh, do you want to stay out here? We can, but we'll just have to restart behind all of the junk cars. I don't know if it's worth it. Well, that's where we are, dude. Still thinking hot dog? A lot of code talk going on right now. You know pit stops are near. Delta will be the call. I'm thinking Mr. Bibb. If we pit, I'm thinking Fox News. Paperboy, paperboy. Omaha when it's open, Omaha. If you're here, save you. Just do all you can to save here, bud. Can't make it from here, can we fall? Really stretching it, but never know. Stuart Haas Racing has been out front almost this whole race. This whole car is a prior. Pretty ridiculous. I've never seen anything like that. Tell it again. 24 laps remaining. This is where everybody gets hands in the pants here. If we just want to let a crash happen and take out five, ten of them, then you still ride. But if you want to have a shot to go up there and play top ten, I got to go. Man, I don't think we've seen our last caution. That's what history would tell you. Still inside, still inside. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We got a crash in the back here in turn four. Just spin it out, just spin it out. Okay, straighten it up, nobody coming. Ooh, baby, I saw that happening. I was like, oh, shivers. How about that, guys? I was just trying to make something happen that wasn't meant to happen, I guess. Yeah, 10-4, hey, appreciate the effort. That's all we have. This brings us to an overtime situation. All right, man, that's exactly what we did need. Ready, some guys may run out in front of us. I'll be as ready as I know how. All right, we just had a flash of fuel pressure. Did you say it is out? We're not really going to have any choice but to pit here, are we? Just come. We're going to put some fuel in it. It's probably going to wreck again anyway. See, Blaney, he's out of fuel. Up the butter in. Okay. Bring it out. Run it out. Run it out. We're on pit road. Did you flip your switch? Yes. Green flag back in the air. Two laps to go. Block if you need to. He's quarterback. Second lane quarterback. Coming to the white. One more time. What stood out to you as you look back on 
An interesting Talladega race, one unlike some we've seen. I mean, the story of that race really comes down to the fuel situation at the end and all the teams and drivers trying to figure out where they were on fuel, trying to flip their reserve switches and such. You know, I, I saw Brad Keselowski's team afterwards. I saw Kurt Busch's teams afterwards. And you could see how dejected they were being in position to maybe win that race and knowing that it was just fuel that held them back. You know, in Kurt's position, though, what really stuck out to me and what his crew chief said to me as we were walking back to the garage was, you can't really save fuel when you're leading for 43 laps. And basically, <laughs> but he's right. You, you yeah. can't, if you're the lead car, as they did, they were so dominant, and he never got behind his teammates because he thought it was the best position to be in. You can't save fuel. So he was in a, a rock and a hard place. That was what I was kind of fascinated to hear, DJ, was just some of the communication from all of the other drivers behind the Stuart Haas racing contingent that was at the front so dominant for so long, and maybe how frustrated they were getting on the radios trying to figure out what the solution would be. There wasn't one. <laughs> no, there wasn't as far as trying to keep up. Uh, the only thing that they could hope was with all that power that they were showing that they might run out of fuel, and, and a few of them obviously did. I think the thing that stands out to me, a couple of things. Eric Almirola keeps putting himself in that position to have the opportunity to win the race and take advantage of that situation. Obviously, he did that. And when he was sitting there running fourth, he was probably the one driver that was able to save more fuel than anyone else uh, because uh, he wasn't having to try to lead the pack and push the pack. Uh, only thing he had to do was make sure that he didn't lose the, the, the bumper, the rear bumper of the car in front of him, which was one of his teammates. So he didn't know at that time how beneficial that was going to be to him, but he was doing all the right things uh, inside the car. That's a great point. DJ, did that seem kind of subdued you for a scan-off in Talladega? <laughs> I, I said it was the most bizarre Talladega race I've seen, and I think the scan-off went right along with exactly. it. You're exactly right, yeah. Parker. Well, you mentioned Almirola. He was the latest driver to end this really long winless streak thing that we've seen happening this year. He's one of three Stuart Haas drivers to do so. Remember Clint Boyer's win at Martinsville, ending his skid at 190 races, and then Kurt Busch snapped a 58-race winless streak in the Bristol night race. So Almirola is set for the round of eight. What is next for him, though, now in the 10 team? Marty Snyder spoke with crew chief Johnny Klossmeyer. Well, Carolyn, breaking news from Johnny Klossmeyer. They cleared tech. So all good for the 10 team there. Officially, the winners at Talladega has a team come down sort of off the high of that big win, Johnny. Yeah, I don't think so yet. You know, we worked hard for it. We feel like it's a redemption from you know, being so close, you know, so many times this year. So I think we're going to enjoy it all the way to Kansas when we have to get back to work. All right, let's talk about how all the all the cars work so well together. You go into a restricted plate race. You've done it before with a plan. Have you ever seen it executed so well as you guys did Sunday? No, you know, and our original plan was just based on the qualifying speeds, just to work together at the start, and then you know it panned out, and we saw what we had to work with and how strong we were as a group. And you don't get many opportunities to you know control a race like that so that was really impressive because you guys rode in fourth and i asked eric this question in victory lane do you think that was the key to actually having enough fuel to make it to the end i do think it played a part you know we could see you know he was only carrying part throttle and i definitely think that helped us for sure what about for eric yeah i talked to him for a long time on saturday he, he said he was so crushed because he said he felt like at dover he had finally done everything right. He'd finally done all, gotten all the demons out of the way, and he'd done the restart right to win the race, and then it didn't happen. For him personally, what, is it, what does it mean to get this win? Oh, it's huge for him. You know, he wanted to come here and just prove himself, and he put so much work into it. He's so prepared when he comes to the racetrack and doing everything that he can on his part. So it's just really cool, and it's gratifying for him just to show that he can do it and run at this level. I remember talking to you earlier in the year, and you talked about well, our goals were top 15s, then they were top 10s, then they were top 5s, now they're wins. Ha have you guys still adjusted goals as you've gone throughout the season now that you're in the round of eight, even, even, even now? 
Yeah, we have. You know, we've exceeded our expectations, and I think that's just because of the hard work and, and how car, fast our cars have been. So, you know, we, we're going to keep going. We just want to keep going as far as we can go and kind of we surprise ourselves and I think surprise everyone along the way. How do you approach Kansas this weekend? I mean, I know you're in, so obviously there's a the relaxation factor, but is there a different approach this weekend for the 10 team? No, not really. We're going to go there and execute just like we would as a normal race weekend, try to score the most amount of points. You know, if you look at the round of eight, we're going to be at a deficit on bonus points, so we just need to keep acquiring as many points as we can get. I was in this position last week talking to Alan Gustafson after their win at Dover, and he said it allowed them to sort of focus more now on the next round. Are you doing the same thing? Are you looking more at Martinsville, Texas, and Phoenix and seeing how you can make those cars maybe a little bit better and spend more time on them? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you want to bring your best product to the track no matter if you're in the round or not in the round. So, yeah, you definitely pay attention to all the extra details, you know, going into Martinsville because it's going to be a critical race. If it is a scenario where Stuart Haas Racing has half of the round of eight field, how does the game change for the, for the team and, and the sharing of information maybe? I don't think it's going to change too much, I'll be honest. I think that, you know, you take it week by week and see who needs the help and the points and, and where everyone is and just take it race by race and, and see what everyone else can do to help them. Have you guys talked about that scenario yet? No, but I'm sure it'll come up at some point. What about if it's all four in the championship four? Yeah, that may be kind of interesting <laughs> then for sure, but that's a good problem to have. All right, Johnny, I found something we got to fix. All right, there's no win sticker on the show car in the, in the lobby. We got to get that fixed, don't we? We need to get updated on that. Yeah, it's it's behind. So hopefully we can add another one this weekend. But the good thing, Carolyn, is they can add a win sticker to this car for Eric Almarola. They're on to the round of eight. <laughs> Marty, thank you. So, DJ, Johnny offering some insight there into the entire organization's plan heading into the race at Talladega and then how things evolved. I like that he said that their goals have shifted as the season has gone on. You know, first top 15, top 10, top 5, and now they're winners. So, what shifts now? I mean, are they a playoff underdog still, even with this most recent victory? Uh, I think that certainly everyone looking from the outside mostly would say they're still an underdog. What happens now? Because the, the pressure only gets more and, and things become more intense. Uh, the racing gets more difficult. And you talk about the next round. Uh, now you're down to the best eight of, of 2018 and you're going to three completely different racetracks. How does your driver stack up and perform at all of those? We certainly can't look at, at the stats of previous years for Eric Almarola and what he's done because he's never been in this position in this car at Stuart Haas Racing before now. So we can throw all of that out the window. But what he's proven to me throughout the year is that he's ready and very capable of performing at a high level at every single racetrack. So I think they just continue to prepare cars and make the best calls they can to put their driver in the best possible position and let him handle it on the track. DJ, I think something you said there that's really important is he said you proved to you that he can run at this level, and I think that's what this year's been about, as you heard from Johnny there, for Eric Omarola, proving that once he had this opportunity, he could compete with the best of them. And I think this win, in so many respects, as I said leading up to it, when he comes so close before, is like when we see a driver get a first win. And the reason being is that we talk about all the time, for a driver who gets that, finally gets across that victory, across the check and flag, like we saw from Chase Elliott, it almost opens the floodgates a little bit. You mentally convince yourself now that you can can win, that everything can fall in place to get in victory lane. And I think that's very important for what we're seeing out of this 10 team. But in so many ways, they are still an underdog, in my opinion. As, as Johnny said, you know, when you look at the point situation, they're going in this next round, they're most likely going to have to win to find themselves racing for a championship in Miami. So I think there's a lot of pressure on this 10 team. But in so many respects, he's now proving he can do it. He's done everything he wanted to do in this first year at Stuart Haas Racing. And now they can really use this to build on next year. And if they are to make it to the championship four in Miami, then wow. That's 
That's a very impressive mm -hmm. run in the playoffs by his 10 team. Klausmeier did use the term redemptive, and yes. that can be a very motivating uh, factor, term moving forward in the playoffs. Okay, so we have heard from one crew chief who left Talladega really happy. Up next, it's another crew chief who left unhappy. Paul Wolf, Brad Keselowski, and the two team have to pull out all the stops at Kansas. We'll talk to Wolf when we come back. Stay with us here on NASCAR America. Welcome back, everybody. Some very exciting news today. Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s brand new book, Racing to the Finish, is being released. Jr. reflecting on his struggles with concussions and his final season as a full-time driver. You can order your copy at DaleJr.com and also wherever books are sold. So make sure you check it out. It's a great read. Meantime, back to the playoffs. Not long ago, Brad Kozlowski was a title threat after earning three consecutive wins. But as we head for Kansas, he is facing elimination after a string of setbacks. His crew chief, Paul Wolf, spoke with Steve Letarte about the two teams' recent run of bad luck. Well, Carolyn, I'm not sure there was a hotter team entering the playoffs than Paul Wolf and Brad Kozlowski winning three in a row, including the opener of the playoffs at Las Vegas. But, Paul, the second round of the playoffs have not been good to this two team. No, it surely hasn't. You know, it's a, a little frustrating for sure. Um, we've had decent speed in our cars, but haven't had room enough to have errors and you know we've had a couple of mistakes the last couple of weeks and it's kind of dug us a pretty big hole going to Kansas. Well you mentioned that hole going to Kansas a track that you have won at found success at what is the approach what's the mental approach when you look at preparing for Kansas? Well it's tough and you get that question a lot what are we going to do different this week you know and it's hard to say that we're going to prepare a whole lot different we go to every race thinking we're going to go there to win and prepare for that so um you know, when it comes down to the race and strategy, things like that, we may have to be a little more aggressive and, and go for the win rather than, you know, some of these guys will be just protecting the points they have or, or you know, just being conservative, getting some stage points and going on their way, where I don't think that's really an option for the two team. Um, I believe we're 18 points out right now, and, and we're talking about the 78 and I think the 14, and those guys are going to run good and going to run for the win. So uh, the mindset for us is going to be go there and, and win the race, and that's going to be our opportunity. So as we see these multi-car organizations put multiple teams through these rounds, do you find it an advantage or a disadvantage having teammates in the playoffs with you? I mean, it's uh, I think it's an advantage anytime you have teammates, whether we're in playoffs or not. We try to feed off of one another and, and, and share information, those types of things. So that doesn't really affect me or how I, how I approach anything. I think we go out there every week, try to help each other and get the best we can. Well, Carolyn, we've seen this team do it again. They were against the wall at Talladega a few years back. They won there to advance. The question is, can they do it again at Kansas this week? Steve, thank you. So, DJ, I'll start with you here. Uh, Paul Wolf saying that they've had speed but no room for error. How did this team go from one that was heading into the playoffs executing so perfectly when everybody else wasn't that they actually earned a string of wins in the process despite the fact that they may have not have had the best car to one now that can't afford to make a mistake and has made a string of mistakes? Yeah, I think it's just welcome to the world of NASCAR uh, sprint, uh, cup racing because this is what it does. You, you get on such a roll and such a high and you think that everything is going your way and, and then you know, it all goes back to this restart basically at the Roval where they were in control of the race 
and uh, looked like that they were in good shape to win. Uh, things didn't happen well for them there. Here he's in the top three at Dover, very late in the race. The contact with Eric Almirola uh, put, gives him another bad finish. And then having to pit for fuel the other day, he'd run up front. It wasn't their best performance at Talladega, but certainly they were going to finish a lot better uh, than 27th. So, uh, you know, just bad circumstances. And sometimes the harder you try, the, the worse things go. But I, I think that if they go and can finish in the top three in the first couple of, of stages there, then they gather enough points. If someone else like Boyer or even the 78 of Martin Truex Jr. is struggling just a little bit, then you put yourself in a position by gathering those stage points in the in the first two stages that now you basically can race someone uh, to race your way in on the, on the point side of it. So they've had enough speed. We've seen them win at mile and a half, and uh, I think that they'll be up there fighting for everything they can possibly get one. Once again, he's actually the one driver, I think, that can race his way in there that I feel comfortable in saying he's the one outside of those top eight that I believe can get there. Well, first of all, I, I got to say that I hate this term, but I think you kind of said it. It's almost bad luck on the two cars point in you know, yeah. the last couple of weeks. And you look at where they were at Dover and what happened basically at Talladega and just some things, how things lined up. You start to say, like, OK, that's this isn't just mistakes. This is also just things happening, circumstance. Uh, I think you know, there's some places where it's exposed the weaknesses of the two team. How they won all those races before was their strength. They are incredible at using strategy and getting themselves in position to win a race and then when the opportunity presents itself Brad Keselowski takes hold of it and goes on to win the race and they haven't had those chances here over the last couple weeks and so when I hear Paul say we're going to be aggressive yeah. I wonder okay what is more aggressive than the two car I mean that, that's a whole nother level I would have to think above everyone else so I think for a lot of teams they have to really be watching this two car to see what aggressive is out of the two car because I think they're aggressive every week I mean if, if, it, if, if they're long pitting they're long pitting by 20 laps over some other cars if they're short pitting they're doing it by 10 or 20 laps they are some of the most aggressive on the strategy side of any team out there i think their biggest problem though going into kansas is their teammate in the 12 car ryan blaney that is going to be their biggest problem is having to beat that 12 car knowing how good he is at kansas even if the two car is on their game ryan blaney loves kansas they've run so well there i think if the two cars on its game the two the 12 car could just be a little bit above them. and he is the topic of our social pit stop yes for the day exactly well, funny how that works yeah. right? Really put it together. Uh, yeah, so we've been going to Reddit and trying to find some of the hottest, coolest topics that are being talked about on there. And we found this awesome helmet that Ryan Blaney's be running this weekend. And see, someone said YRB's awesome old school helmet. That's young Ryan Blaney. They also said that is the most beautiful thing I've witnessed on a helmet. And the whole purpose <laughs> is it's like an open faced helmet. So basically, it's going full old school here on a modern day helmet. And I love this one. His visor needs a sticker that looks like goggles <laughs> because of what we've seen out of the Intimidator before where he has the goggles on right there. Oh, Look at that. That's that cool. So Maybe awesome. he could even grow a mustache a little bit. But DJ, I'm wondering, I never got to race with an open face helmet, but you, I think you have. What was that like? Yeah, yeah, that's all that I knew whenever I started uh, from the time in 1977. The first time I wore a full-face helmet was 1991. Uh, so those bubble goggles and open-face helmet, I mean, that's just, we didn't know anything different. I uh, didn't think that you needed anything different <laughs> with that. And contrary to popular belief, Parker, it was not leather, by the way, either. The helmet wasn't. Oh, it wasn't yeah, okay, that that's good. Yes. They made it out of some other material, space-age material. <laughs> Pretty you get, you get some serious fumes with that open face, I would think. No. Yes, no. a lot. No, yeah. no, you, had, no, you got no. the full experience with that. Got it, got it. <laughs> oh, man. That's good.
good stuff from Reddit. Yes. We love cool. Reddit. Love yeah, love they're it. always talking cool about the coolest stuff. The fans are on Reddit. Okay, when we come back, uh, they've already done it once, and they can do it again on Sunday at Kansas. Can all four Stewart Haas drivers advance forward in the playoffs? We're going to head back to Stewart Haas Racing for more from there next on NASCAR America. Don't go anywhere. racing ending with an emotional win for Eric Almirola. He's heading to the round of eight, but will his three teammates join him at Kansas? The grind continues for Stuart Haas Racing and for our Marty Snyder, who has this report. Well, Carolyn, Stuart Haas Racing is one race away from filling half of the round of eight field. Pretty incredible. But when you look back at Talladega this past Sunday, you can really see why they're in this position. The teams work so well together. Eric Almarola advancing to the round of eight with the big win at Talladega. For his teammate Kevin Harvick, the scenario at Kansas is pretty simple. There are a lot of scenarios in play, but bottom line, if he gets 11 points on Sunday or finishes 26, doesn't need any stage points, 26 or better, Kevin Harvick advances to the round of eight. So the magic number for the four team is 11 this weekend. Then how about his teammate Kurt Busch had a chance to visit with his crew chief Billy Scott this morning and he said I know it's cliche but if we just do what we've done all year long we'll be fine to advance to the next round. Kurt Busch has been telling me for months we've been a 6th to 10th place team for several weeks but Billy Scott told me this morning we're actually better than that right now. We've been a 3rd to 8th place team so we do that on Sunday at Kansas. We're going to be okay to advance to the next round and we feel like these playoffs really come to us. Remember the 41 team tested at Kansas a couple of weeks ago. And then there's a case of Clint Boyer, plus 21 above the cut line, going to his hometown race. And that is what worries his crew chief, Mike Bugaravich, just a little bit this weekend. Bugaravich admitted to me last week, he said, listen, I know when you go to your hometown race, friends and family always want to tug and pull at your time. And it is certainly a distraction. He told me, I'm not going to ask Clint to change his schedule, but on Friday, when he walks in the garage area, I want him focused on our race team. And you can see it may have been a distraction in the past for Boyer. He has just one top 10 at Kansas in his last 10 starts. But Bugger Ravitch is expecting full attention from Boyer on the car and the team this weekend when they walk in the garage area on Friday. Marty, thank you. So, DJ, this entire show we've essentially been doing is looking at past performances at Kansas from some of these drivers who are below the cut line or right around the bubble and trying to predict what may be possible for them this weekend. And you heard Marty note Clint Boyer's past performance at this track and also some of the distractions that he may be faced with. How much stock do you put in recent history or his history over the course of his career, given the equipment that he's in this time around? Yeah, I think that's the big difference is the equipment. And certainly, I think Stuart Haas has, has shown that when the playoffs started, they were ready and prepared with for each of their drivers and their teams that they had the very best cars uh, that they have in this race shop. Uh, good luck with them keeping Clint Boyer focused all week and getting that. I'm not <laughs> sure he can stay focused that long at one time. But when it comes time to race, 
this man is going to be ready to go. He understands what he has to do. But here's the, I think, predicament that they may be in. These drivers that are back there, even from Kurt Busch back, they have to be thinking about racing for seventh place in the points. I don't think you can look at eighth because when you look outside of those top eight, you have at least three drivers there in Brad Kay, Ryan Blaney, and Kyle Larson that could win this race, move themselves in, and then that moves that line down. So you have to be looking at what it's going to take to maintain seventh spot or to get there, and that changes the whole scenario. But being good in qualifying, getting stage points for them once again makes their job a lot easier, and then trying to finish it off. Clint Boyer is very capable. He might not have all the stats and good finishes to show at Kansas, but he'll be ready to go. Wait, DJ, how much of that is fair in terms of the focus with Clint Boyer? Because he yeah. has shown multiple examples this season of being in this better equipment and dialing it in when it counts. And even though he wasn't a super fan of the Roval going in, really applying himself when it mattered. I mean, where do the distractions actually affect what he potentially has to do on Sunday? Yeah, we joke about this, and I was joking, none whatsoever. Uh, Clint Boyer probably goes out early uh, to see family and friends and, and catch up with everybody. But when he shows up Friday, he understands what his job is uh, at the racetrack. He knows that he has to get there, get this car qualified well, uh, give all the information and be ready for practice Saturday and totally focused on Sunday. He's going to be that. Uh, Clint Boyer is an excellent race driver, and that's just not the physical skills that it takes. It takes uh, the mental side of it to get the job done. Uh, he's got a great team around him, a good spotter in Brett Griffin. Everybody will keep him right where he needs to be getting the job done. I agree. I think that's the thing about Clint Boyer. He's a see the pants guy. I mean, that's I, he, he in so many ways embodies, you know, what a race car driver should be. He just shows up and, and drives the heck out of that race car the best that he can and goes off and does something else. I think that's what's cool about him. I think it's what's his personality. It's what's got him here. It's what allowed him to win all these races. I think he's a driver that has a tremendous amount of natural talent because, and I know he works at it, and I know the perception maybe isn't that he is has the best work ethic, but I know he does, and I think he has a, a tremendous amount of natural talent in there as well to go with that and I think it really shows up in the way he sh approaches races in that almost laissez-faire you know sort of attitude that we see out of him all the time that's his style and I don't think he should change that in the position they're in second cut of the playoffs going to be made on Sunday we'll see who makes it four more drivers will fall from title contention who's going to be in who's going to be out that's what everybody wants to know Parker and DJ are actually going to make their picks they're on the hot seat when NASCAR Ooh. America continues get ready stay tuned stay tuned <laughs> Stay tuned, as Parker says. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Kansas City, here we come. Sunday is going to be a big day in KC. It starts at 1.30 Eastern on NBC as the Monster Energy Cup Series playoffs continue at Kansas Speedway. And on the Missouri side of the river, Sunday night football is going to be at Arrowhead. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs taking on the Bengals. Coverage starting on NBC at 7 Eastern with football night in America, of course. Kansas is a cutoff race, so now is the time. Parker, DJ, who is in, who is out? Right, Carolyn. So, yes, we have them all up here right now, all 12. Four of them will not advance. So, DJ, I'm going to bring you in here because I want to start off at the bottom of this list right now, and I'm just going to say Alex Bowman is not going to advance. So, if, if you're cool with that, I'm going to click him off yours as well, your list. Go right ahead. Yeah, all right, I, all I right. don't see him getting that first win nope. this weekend. Thanks for participating, Alex. Great <laughs> job trying to make the outside lane work at Talladega, but you will yep. not be advancing. All right, now I'm going to go for my next one. All right. 
Uh, I'm going to say, Kyle Larson, you're not advancing. Sorry, bud. I just don't see it happening. I don't think he can make up the deficit. I, I, I sense the frustration inside that race team. I just don't see it going on. Who's your next one? Yeah, I, I think that, that Kyle Larson is, is not going to make it either. Uh, it just doesn't seem like that the organization, the team, the drivers are uh, a little upset with everything that's happening and trying to go and say that we're going to get our first win of the year uh, in this cutoff race. I think it's uh, a little too much to ask. Yeah, not happening. All right, so I'm going to get a little crazy here. Maybe you'll agree, maybe you won't. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm going to say, and I know I've touted this team for many months, and I think they did some incredible things going to the playoffs, but it's just not working out right now. I even sense some frustration amongst this team after this last week at Talladega. I'm going to say, Brad Kozlowski, you are not advancing. I'm sorry. Goodbye. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I know. I just can't like believe that. it. I, I just, I don't know. I can't believe I've done this. I'm, I'm getting off the bandwagon right now, right here. Uh. You've seen it here first. Yeah, well, I think that, to me, he's the one that has the best chance to advance. I think he really, uh, they have the speed to go up, uh, gather stage points, put some pressure on some people. Uh, Clint Boyer, I think this comes down, and so I'm going to get a little bit ahead here, but I think this comes down to a great points battle between Clint Boyer, Brad Keselowski, and Ryan Blaney. Oh. But I don't think that Brad, that Brad gets there. I think that Clint Boyer uh, probably is going to do just enough to hang in there. So I'm going to say Brad does not make it either. All right. So you agree with me on that one. He's not getting in. All right. So you're saying Boyer does make it there right now. I say Boyer stays in, yes. All right. So I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to say he goes out. That allows Ryan Blaney in for my oh. Uh, round of eight right now. I just think Clint, if one guy is going to get knocked out, as you said, basically they're going to be racing for seventh because one guy could win, and the guy that's going to do it is the 12 car of Ryan Blaney, so he will vault himself in. Martin Truex Jr. will score enough points in the stages to find himself ahead of Clint Boyer, and it is goodbye, Clint Boyer, the 14 team. I know Kansas is home race, and home is where the heart is, but it has not been where the performance is for that 14 team, so I don't see him advancing. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I think that Martin Truex Jr. runs right up front the entire day uh, and, and gathers enough. He may even win this race uh, because he is so good there. But he's going to do enough to to jump over what Clint Boyer does. And as I said, I think this comes down to Boyer, Keselowski, and Blaney. But I think that Boyer does just enough. He hasn't had as good a car at Kansas as he's getting ready to drive this weekend. And I think he takes advantage of that and scores just enough points to stay ahead of Keselowski and Ryan Blaney. All right, so now I have to do the last one for you. That is Blaney. Goodbye. So you're basically saying it stays status quo. I know that we just put up the graphic uh, just a couple of segments ago that said that for the last four years, uh, somebody's got knocked out. I think this is where it stops, that those eight, they've got a tough uh, task ahead of them. They have to do everything right. No mistakes is the biggest thing. We talk about this in the playoffs all the time. You can't make mistakes on pit road, do anything on these restarts, but I think those top eight get the job done. You heard it here first, Carolyn. DJ thinks the top eight is you're going to be your round of eight right there. Right? I don't agree, though. Man. Those are tough decisions. We're going to have to see if these picks are going to influence voters in our NASCAR America poll question. Do you guys agree with our analysts? Which driver in the bottom four of the playoffs is going to make it into the round of eight, in your opinion, at home? Is it going to be Brad Kozlowski, Blaney, Larson, Bowman? None at all. You still have time to vote. Get your last-minute votes in at NBCSports.com slash NASCAR vote. We're going to give you the final results next. Pretty close here. Jump online. We'll see you in a second. Hey, I'm Matt Benedetto. Congrats, NASCAR America, on your 1,000th episode. And thank you for covering 
our beloved sport of NASCAR. Hey, I'm Denny Hamlin. I just want to say congratulations to NASCAR America on your 1,000th episode. Everyone knows within this sport, it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort to follow this sport and do all the investigative work that you guys do. So thank you for everything that you've done and uh, keep it up. Thanks, guys. That means a lot. Do not miss the 1,000th episode of NASCAR America. It's this Friday at 6 Eastern. It's live from Kansas Speedway. Special guests Jimmy Johnson and Clint Boyer. It's going to be a good time. You know all of us here at NASCAR America take the sport very seriously, but over 1,000 episodes, we have certainly had our share of fun as well. Oh, yes. I'm in trouble now. For six minutes, live television. Thank God we got an hour. Hey, there it was. You're my first interview. Ever? Ever. Don't screw it up. I love TV. It is so funny. Yeah. Thank goodness. Good game, Carolyn. Yeah. Good game. Okay, no. That felt that was. weird. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> That is that is just a fraction of what has actually happened over the course of a thousand oh, episodes. Was that woman all right? I think she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. We helped her up off camera. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She was. She was good. She was good. I actually forgot about that moment for a while. DJ, can you believe we've done a thousand episodes of this thing? Yeah, uh, just amazing. And what fun that you know we have to appreciate the the people that we work for and with allowing us to have so much fun in covering the sport that we enjoy so much. So it's been a, a great time. Uh, Rutledge there going down uh, the banking at <laughs> Bristol. I thought that could only happen and be bad in one way. But uh, what that wasn't as hard a hit though. I've got to give a shout out here to our man Parker for showing up Sunday after oh, having a bad accident yeah. uh, on Saturday in the truck race. Uh, but he was there doing his job on Sunday. Normally we do shout-outs on Wednesdays, but we're not going <laughs> to have that tomorrow. So, uh, Parker, uh, great job and glad Kill you're it. okay, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank yeah, you, buddy. Absolutely. I uh, just try to follow in the footsteps of great drivers like yourself who have done probably way bigger feats of, uh, you know, of courage and such. Stay so. out of the wall, would you? It well, makes yeah. you very nervous. I also just want to say one other thing on our 1,000th episode there. Danny Hamlin saying all those things about our show. I know he watches this show because I've gotten tweets before about some of the things I've said on this show. See? So, <laughs> so drive, there you go. show the drivers watch. All right. Uh, we <laughs> have to finalize the poll question now. Who do you think is going to advance to the round of 12? Brad Kozlowski wins. Not hey, even uh, close. Not even close. 54%. America disagrees with what I had to say there. I was not That's very not surprising. at all, <laughs> What do you think, Neither DJ? Well, I said that's the man happen. that could do it, but yeah. I haven't said anything right about these playoffs yet, so don't go by anything that <laughs> that's I've That's why said. they're so fun. That just an opinion I've been completely unpredictable. Our NASCAR right. America analysts, everybody. Yeah, thank Wait, you. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Do you believe we get paid for this? <laughs> Here's to a thousand more shows of being wrong in <laughs> predictions. That'll do it for today. We're back again tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern when we're going to hear the incredible story of the Joey Logano Foundation. I am looking very forward to this. One of the nominees for the Comcast Community Champion of the Year Award. Can't wait for that. We will see you then, same time, same place. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.